Well, hello there. I beg your pardon and sorry for the mess. Someone spilled the Leviathan blood and left the mini Mako reactor running again. Anyhow, you're listening to MageCast, the ensemble podcast by the well-read mage and a cast of mages. Each episode, I sit down with my rotating panel of magical guests to have some civil discourse about a single game. We're a group of games writers dedicated to clarity, integrity, and depth in long-form critique. You can find us on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com. MageCast is part of the Littlefella Media Podcast Network, now sponsored by top-tier podcast host Buzzsprout. Crowdfunding support makes projects like MageCast possible. If you enjoy our work, written or otherwise, you can become a Warrior of Light, a patron and supporter at patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage. Check it out for more information on our vision for the future of games writing and gaming community, as well as exclusive audio bonus content and rewards like membership cards and our secret Discord HQ Mage Chat. Links are in the description. Oh, and now let's start the show. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and tuning into MageCast. I am Moses Norton, the well-read mage. And today I'm sitting down with two guests. Uh, one of them is a series veteran who I just learned besides from me is the the next human being who's made the most appearances on MageCast. Perhaps you can guess who that is. And the other guest is someone who we've never had on the show before. So this should be a very exciting episode. And we're also going to be talking about a game you might have heard of. Um, it's kind of obscure. But, you know, it's it's a game that I think everybody should should play at some point in their life. But let's get into introductions first. We'll start with Blue. Uh, Blue, go ahead and introduce yourself. You could tell us uh, where listeners can find you and what you're working on now and also what you're playing. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on MageCast. I'm super excited to be here for my rookie recording. This is going to be fun. Um, But my name is Blue, as Moses already said. I am a freelance writer, and right now most of you probably know me from writing about games. You can find my stuff on thewallredmage.com, but also thelootgaming.com and twobeardgaming.com, and you can also find me on the Gamer Heads podcast. So uh, what am I playing right now? I am playing uh, Super Smash TV for the yes. <laughs> Retro Game Brews Challenge. You guys are playing that too? I am. Dude, that game is super hard. I I have a hate-hate relationship with twin stick shooters. <laughs> so I will be happy. I was like, can we just play Tetris or Dr. Mario every week? That's what I've <laughs> asked Ryan. Yeah, all right. I'm like, can we just... Okay, so, so this Super Smash TV it was supposed to be Miss Pac-Man, right? I think so, and nobody wanted Miss Pac-Man. Ah, man, and I was looking forward to Miss Pac-Man. I don't think I'd have done any better at Miss Pac-Man, but I think it would have been less aggravating. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, I've played Miss Pac-Man before. I'm not like a pro at it or anything, but I've never played Super Smash TV before. No, so... I've, I've never played it before either. This is... 
Like, I didn't know a single thing about it going into it. And then I'm like, oh, it's a twin stick shooter. Why? And a twin stick shooter on a controller with no sticks is... It's a little rough. It's a little rough. rough. You're right. A little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm having a lot of fun with the RGB um, high score. Good luck to you, Blue. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. I know that we will not beat the guy who gets... (laughs) Was it Mega Retro Man? Oh, darn it. I got to look up his name before. Yeah, it's Mega Retro Man. But yeah, the rest of us are just every week playing for a second place. Yeah. That's what the contest (laughs) is for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There are some really talented people. Okay. So uh, other guests that we have um, is the wizened, uh, gritty grizzled old guy over here i always make fun of you because <laughs> you say old man puns all the time dude <laughs> i know but aren't you older than i am i am that's why it's funny <laughs> that's why it's it's ironic so yeah I i'll am start older. calling you son and young man there you go all right sure thing dad <laughs> so go ahead introduce yourself um where they can find you what you're working on what you're playing yeah so abxy mage also known as brent my real name uh can find me on the well-read mage you can find me on twitter at abxy reviews underscore reviews uh currently i am working on a still super secret collab Mm. with six other writers i believe blue is one of them there's a tease for everybody. Oh, okay. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now I got, yeah. He was like, wait, what did I agree to? Yes. <laughs> so, oh, so, so Blue, just so you know, uh-huh. only the people in the collaboration and Moses, that's the only people who know about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay because I already forgot about it. So <laughs> I won't tell anybody. You can count on me. That sounds Perfect. exactly like Brent. I'll be like, hey, Brent, we need this thing from you. And he's like, oh, I totally forgot about it. But it's okay. I pay him back all the time with the uh, the TWRM radio images. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I forgot. I don't make that easy for you though. To no, be fair. no, yeah, I know. He's like, oh yeah, I need like a an image that captures like the the space that's going to be in this music um, montage or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, what's like the tone or the mood? And he's like, well, it's kind of like spooky and like fun at the same time. I was like, okay. He's like, it's kind of lighthearted and dark. And I was like, okay. Uh-huh. I want I you know. to apparently, represent apparently I- an existential crisis, but also like it's funny. It's a funny yeah. existential crisis. Yeah, that'll that'll be the next phase. So go yeah. ahead and get ready for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna take a selfie and send it to you and be like, there you go. There's an existential crisis. App- apparently, I've just gotten tired of one theme for a mix. So. Sorry. Well, uh, telling a story, that's, that's good. Anywho, um, so today we're going to talk about, like I said, this, this really obscure game that nobody's heard of called Super Mario World. Have you guys played this game before? No. Um, what, what is it again? It's called Super Mario World. Um, it originally came out in 1990 in Japan, 1991 in the U.S., and 92 in Europe, released by Nintendo on the Super NES. Today's episode is entitled... Now, Brent, I'm sorry. I told you I liked... Uh... What was your, what was you your episode You changed it. Title? Yeah, I saw I that. changed it. I yeah, did. I noticed that on the outline. Mine yeah. was St- Star Road Warrior. Star Road Warrior. That's right. That Why one did had I change my vote. It? Yeah. Why did I change it? I, I changed it, though. 
I changed it to go the way of the dinosaur land um, because I wanted a dinosaur land reference. But I woke up and thought of that, and I was like, <laughs> we're not going to use Star Road Warrior. See, but my uh, favorite part of when Moses asks for names for the MageCast episodes is that he already has something in mind when he <laughs> asks the question. And so you can give your suggestions, but he most of the time knows already what he's going to do. This is this is absolutely true. You just let the the proverbial cat out of the bag. <laughs> I, I I just that's love, why I give so many jokey answers because I know he's <laughs> going to pick one anyway. I just love hearing <laughs> the ridiculous title names that some people come up with. It's, it's I thought Yoshi in the Shell was pretty good. Oh, Yoshi in the Shell that is, pretty is good, a yeah. good one. Oh. Yeah. Can we yeah. have a okay. subtitle? Okay, so here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. The title is "Go the Way of the Dinosaur." Dash. Yoshi in the shell, colon, or, comma, Star Road Warrior. How I learned to love the Star, War- Star <laughs> Road Warrior. Yes, <laughs> One, a great film, a great film. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about Super Mario World. Now, uh, I wanted to read this. This is the story of Super Mario World from the Super Mario World instruction booklet. Um, It says, After saving the Mushroom Kingdom from Bowser and the rest of the Koopas in Super Mario 3, Mario and Luigi need to recuperate from their adventures. Together they agreed that the best place to vacation was a magical place called Dinosaur Land. But while Mario and Luigi reclined on the beach for a relaxing nap, Princess Toadstool disappeared, apparently seized by evil forces. After searching for hours for their missing friend, Mario and Luigi came upon an enormous egg in the forest. Suddenly, the egg hatched, and out popped a young dinosaur named Yoshi, who proceeded to tell Mario and Luigi a sad tale of how his dinosaur pals were sealed in similar eggs by a group of monstrous turtles. "'Monstrous turtles!' exclaimed Luigi. "'Bowser and his bunch have returned!' Mario slowly (laughs) nodded his head and stopped. (laughs) Okay, I practiced this all night, all night. Don't laugh. Why are you deviating so much from the classic Mario accent? (laughs) Okay, because the first thing I thought of when Luigi talks is the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, Do you remember that? The cartoon? Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's how he sounds in that, right? Uh, It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's been a long time. Okay, I'm going to say he sounds like, hoo, 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 yeah, you're right, Mario. Uh, maybe he sounds like Boo Boo from Yogi Bear. I don't know. <laughs> Mario slowly nodded his head in agreement and along with Luigi and Yoshi, set off across Dinosaur Land to find the princess and to free Yoshi's friends. As they began their journey, Yoshi handed Mario a beautiful cape. Okay, now this is Yoshi talking. What the heck does Yoshi sound like? Yoshi! <laughs> <laughs> he he talks that? like Chewbacca or Alaska. like um like Groot. <laughs> you know, he Alaska. just says Yoshi, but that like means whole sentences. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, so he says He says this may help you. Yoshi said some say it has magical powers. With a little luck and help from a magic cape, our hardy crew can defeat the seven worlds of Bowser's crazy Koopa critters. Many locations are well hidden, so explore everywhere and try everything. Not all locations have to be explored to rescue the dinosaurs and save the princess, but there are many starry treasures to be found in far-reaching places. You'll need to search all areas to find out what kind of treasures are there. 
dot 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 in Super Mario World. I thought that was pretty cool because I didn't remember that from the instruction booklet. Hmm. I don't have the booklet. Do you, Blue? Not now. Yeah. <laughs> once upon a time. But... Yeah, once upon a time, right? And then just sands of time, it's gone. So I didn't I didn't remember all that, but I found out and I was like, that's pretty cool. So first we're going to talk about just impressions. You guys remember when you first played Super Mario World Blue? Yes, definitely. Where were you? How old were you? Do you remember? Let's see. So it came out in 91. Um, and I probably didn't. We probably didn't get a Super Nintendo right away. Mm-hmm. So I would have probably been... 11 or 12, probably, by the time we got one. Okay, so a little after 91. Now, what was kind of like, did this this game have like an immediate impact on you when you first played it? Well, because when I first played Super Mario Brothers 3, like that was a truly mind-blowing experience. Mm -hmm. And so then I think because Super Mario 3 was so good... Super Mario World was just like more of that, you know, like Super Mario 3 on steroids. So did I think it was freaking awesome and tons of fun? Yes. But did it blow my mind? No. I think that it was just the next logical step in the series evolution. That makes sense. It's sort of like a bigger version of super mario 3 yeah bigger brighter shinier more colors more sounds yeah Yeah, Yeah, all that kind of stuff but i wouldn't say it was um a complete overhaul of the series yeah well that makes sense what about you brent do you remember when you first played this uh i don't actually remember the first time um i remember about how old i was i was probably eight seven or eight maybe uh, I agree. It probably it didn't blow my mind. I kind of felt the same way. Like you pick it up and you start playing, and you just think, "Okay, this makes sense. This yeah. is what should have been next." Yeah. So I'll be the uh, guy that says it blew my mind. I remember encountering it first in a Sears uh, when they had those displays where you could go up and play a demo of the game, but it was timed, so you only got like three or four minutes before it would restart automatically. Um, but it was specifically the colors, the the brightness of it that I thought was just beautiful. I, it might have been the very first Super Nintendo game I ever saw. And so in that regard, I don't remember any commercials or anything like that for the Super Nintendo before seeing this demo. Um, so I just thought that there was the NES and that's all there was. Um, and I... it. If it was a demo in a store, it must have been in 91, so I would have been six or seven. Um, And to my mind... (laughs) So, of course, it blew your little bitty mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to my mind, I remember um, the first console I remember playing with or system was the Commodore 64. So that was sort of my perspective of this is what video games are, the Commodore 64. Um, Then we got an NES, and I was like, okay, this is, you know, it's better than the Commodore 64 visually, so on and so forth, more complex. Um, But I had no inkling that we were going to get more systems that advanced this technology. So I think for me, when I first saw Super Mario World, it represented the future, that we could have uh, an evolution of this technology, this form of entertainment, 
Um, so for me, it was mind blowing in that respect. I don't think I got it for myself, um, to take home for a few years after that, but I can't recall precisely. Uh, Brent, I think I might've cut you off. Did you have something to add to that? I don't remember what it was, but I was going to say, uh, you had said that you think it's the first super Nintendo game you played. I had actually played Mario all-stars before I played Super Mario World. Oh, okay. So I think I think that's why the visual aspect of it wasn't so mind-blowing to me. How is that mm. possible, though? Because, um, I mean, did you guys not get the Super Nintendo bundled with Super Mario World? I couldn't tell you, because I was like seven when we got it for Christmas. I don't yeah, remember. Maybe but you I, got I, it. I didn't, own it gr- I didn't own Super Mario World growing up, but I did own the all-stars only cartridge right well because so that's a good point blue so this game was bundled um yeah i don't it was a launch title i don't recall seeing super nintendo sold and of course that doesn't mean that they weren't but i don't recall them being sold without it right he might have got um because i know i got my super nintendo second hand um we bought it from some friend but he of course he had super mario world with it um but yeah, I think that well it was definitely pretty dang sure it was the first Super Nintendo game I ever saw, but it was in the store still. And I don't remember specifically what games we had when I first got a Super Nintendo, but um this is definitely one of the games to own for the Super Nintendo. Um is it is it your favorite Super Mario game? Put out on Super Mario Day a little while ago a question of what everyone's favorite Super Mario game is. Um, This one is not my personal favorite Super Mario, but what's your guys's, uh, Brent, if you want to go first on this one? Um, Really, it kind of depends. Um, Oh, you're going to give one of those answers. (laughs) I I know, I know. Well, we've had this discussion before. Sometimes it is my favorite. But we were talking recently about Mario 3. I don't know if I like it more, but I do think a lot of it, may, a lot of aspects of it make it better than Super Mario World. So it's, I don't know. And then I recently played Mario 64, which I really love. The first Galaxy is incredible. It's hard. I mean, Mario games are <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint. What did I say to somebody once? It was something like, um, name one other video game franchise that has had as many titles um, as the Super Mario franchise and yet had such consistent quality for so long. I mean, from Super Mario Brothers 1 all the way up until Super Mario Odyssey, there's a ton of games in between, a ton of them, um, where Mario's either the star or he's a side character, an optional character, whatever makes an appearance but it seems like every single generation from the nes to today has had a sizable uh mario presence that's been real good and the only one that i'm not sure about because i haven't experienced it myself is super mario sunshine have you guys played that i have Mm. not yet is that a wii one i think that's gamecube right yeah gamecube oh no i should have played it then Oh, you had a game. I had a GameCube for like two weeks, so <laughs> I, I did not. I did not play Sunshine. No, um, hmm. we the we had uh, Galaxy Super Mario Galaxy one and two, I think, 
And um, yeah, and those are great. They're super good. Um, but I've not played Sunshine, so that's the only generation I'm not sure about. But all the other generations, I mean, in the NES, you had the original trilogy. Super Nintendo, you had Mario World, and Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island is like a game that I really enjoy. Blue, I think we were talking about this a while ago. <laughs> Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. What do you think about that game? Uh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite at all. Is that I, because of the? Yes, I I can't. I just can't. I know I didn't play it as a child. I, okay, I played it for the first time as a grown up, and I was like, "Oh God, why? Why is the crying? Why does this have to be part of it?" But see, that's the incentive. It's like the game physically wounds you if you get hurt in the game. It's like <laughs> it's part of the incentive to not get hurt. I don't know. But yeah, that is a, a major reason why there were times when I played that game with the volume down low, especially on the harder stages, which is a shame because that game has great music, too. Yeah, and it's it's it really is because uh, Koji Kondo worked so hard to create themes for the games that specifically don't get annoying despite how long they play. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. to take that effort and then destroy it with a crying baby, that just seems like, what were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Brent, you gave kind of a quasi answer. This game, sometimes Mario three, sometimes, um, Mario 64, right? It's, it's, I think more often than not, it's it's the one I say is my favorite. Okay, so the and Super then Mario and World. then Blue, what is your favorite Super Mario game? I will say it... Super Mario Three with no okay. qualifiers. With it, no qualifiers, no qualifiers. <laughs> it is my favorite every day of the week. That's awesome. I it's also my favorite every day of the week. I think that if you want to talk about timelessness, uh, the accessibility in Super Mario Brothers 3 is immutable. The level design in Super Mario Brothers 3 is unchanging. The world with all of its secrets is as interesting to explore as it's always been. Um it's obviously things like graphics are going to be outdated because that's sort of something that comes with the evolution of the technology, but the game itself, the gameplay is just super enjoyable. Um, so that's my spiel as to why I like three so much. But what is what is your your apologetic for th- for three? Uh, it's along the same lines. I mean, basically, when it came out, it was so groundbreaking. We'd never seen anything like this ever. I mean, you know, an overworld map, and you could choose which. Um, which order you want to do the levels in. And then, of course, there's lots of secrets, but they were secrets like you never heard of. Like, who ever heard of going behind the scenery in a level? Right, yeah. Like, that was just, like, mind-blowing. It was crazy. And then Mario could fly. When did you ever see something like that? It was it was just, like, breaking the rules of everything that had come before, but in a way that was awesome. Oh, man. My heart of hearts right there. The flight. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time I flew in Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3. They designed that that first stage to where once you clear the Goombas, the stage that that section, that platform is long enough to where Mm -hmm. you will accidentally break into a run 
And then I think that's what happened for me. I accidentally ran, jumped over the pit, and started floating. And I was just like, <gasps> what is even happening? Yeah, yes, exactly. That's one of the things that Nintendo does so well is design their games to teach you how to play, but without a tutorial. Exactly. Precisely said. Um, and it's not like looking at Mario with that raccoon tail or the tanuki tail and the tanuki ears that you'd be like, oh, of course he can fly now. No, of course not. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, well, especially to us with like we have no uh, no connection to the folklore that that provides the background for that. No, but, that's why we all think it's a raccoon. Yes, exactly. And uh, it took me years to figure out. I was like, oh, a tanuki. Okay, I didn't know what that was. But- do you ever remember like anyone ever being like, isn't it weird that he has a raccoon tail? It seems like we all just accepted it immediately. Well, yeah. Well, the yeah. fact that a feather would give you a cape, a, a cape or a leaf would give you a raccoon tail. I mean, such, yeah, such just, things simply are. They're not to be questioned. Yeah. 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 You're like, is that a leaf? I'll get that. Oh, raccoon tail. All right, let's go. It makes sense. Cause <laughs> raccoons legit. are from the forest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well too, I, you're already playing in a universe where you have like a tiny man who grows taller when eating mushrooms and like plants spit fire at you. And there's like angry mushrooms and turtles running at you. So like you're already sort of taking it as like, this is obvious, like fantasy. And I think we're so used to the world of the mushroom kingdom that we don't like bat an eye at it. But I mean, imagine if here's a mini thought experiment. Imagine if you had an alien and alien was like, dude, introduce me to like, entertainment or something like how mind-blowing and how weird would the super mario universe appear to that alien probably pretty weird maybe not maybe nintendo got it right maybe it's very familiar to where the alien comes from oh that's true okay well let's say let's say the alien <laughs> is not from this mushroom kingdom universe but let's say the alien's like a martian he's like all we got is deserts up here and and crap like that but uh <laughs> it just, all that to say that i think that the mario world is really weird the mario universe is really strange i mean just think about like mario tennis what the heck like you have like a bunch of like Really bizarre characters just like putting all their interests aside to play some tennis. Um, and things just happen for fun in the Mario universe. I don't know. It's but it's one of those things like you guys are saying, like that we take it just as at face value. We're like, ah, oh, of course, a leaf gives you a tanuki tail and, and lets you fly. Um, so why is this game so beloved? You think why is this? One after all these years, um, given that there are there are other old Mario games that nobody ever talks about, Mario is missing junk like that. <laughs> um, I think you just answered your own question, right? <laughs> well, like so, so why is this one? Uh, well, even like Mario Sunshine um, is one that like oh, I haven't played it, um, but this is one that keeps coming back and that people keep talking about why is it so beloved uh blue sorry <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the teacher to call on no, us. i know I, I keep forgetting <laughs> that it's not like a regular conversation where people because you're not we're not in the same room so like you can't just like glance at somebody <laughs> anyway anyway um so 
Right now, um, I am listening to, like in the mornings when I take my dogs out for a walk, I listen to an audiobook. And what I'm listening to right now is Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America by Jeff Ryan. Ooh, very cool. Yes, I'm really enjoying this book because it talks about the history of Nintendo like way back in the Atari days all the way through uh, modern day. And so it's really fascinating to have grown up during that same time period. And like I remember certain events in time, like the release of the NES and the release of the Super Nintendo and and those kinds of things. But to hear the backstory on all these events has been really fascinating. But when it they were talking about uh, Super Mario World and they had talked about, uh, whereas the early Mario games were meant to be you know, like, quote-unquote, athletic games where you, mm. you know, got to perform all these great physical feats. But by after a few games, Nintendo had realized that it's actually just about having fun. Mm. They need to be uh, challenging enough that you want to keep coming back, that you're incentivized for more than one playthrough and to find all the secrets, but they also need to be accessible to everybody. And then, um, so I think by Super Mario World, they just really got that balance perfect and really had uh, just perfected the formula. And then also because it was it was essentially the the show off game for the Super Nintendo, showing off all the colors, all the sounds. Like you said, you were you were blown away by how bright it was. And so they needed a game that would really show off what the Super Nintendo could do after uh, the Sega Genesis had been calling them out for the past couple of years. Ah, the good old console wars. The good old console wars. (laughs) What a time to be alive. That competition was so fierce, and yet it produced some amazing uh, software and hardware. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so I I love what you said there, the whole idea of of Mario as as fun. challenging i mean people often say like uh, you know mario and nintendo are, are for children i was like okay well show me like a four-year-old that's gonna beat like uh some of the crazier challenges like special world in um in super mario world that is not easy for an adult or a child no uh and as children we had more time to kind of brute force our way through groovy and tubular and all that nonsense but <laughs> now, uh, I can't remember when the last time I played Super Mario World, but um, now I stuff like this it, it's hard. It's not it's not designed for children in like a pandering sense, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, but it's childlike in that it's innocent, it's cheerful, it's fun, it's magical. But I don't think that those things make it specifically or exclusively rather just for children. Um, yeah. And sort of piggybacking off of that then is uh, the question, do you think that this is why Mario is so enduring as a character and as a series? Uh, why is Mario enduring? Hmm. I think in many ways the history of Mario is the history of video games. In most people's minds, I don't think that you can separate the two. Mm. Can you imagine platformers? Where where would they be without Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World? It's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. They'd probably be completely unrecognizable. And so 
uh, I think Nintendo had the benefit of having some of the best creative minds that ever lived in our time who could produce hit after hit and really establish Nintendo as a brand that can be trusted. If you mm. buy a Nintendo game, by and large, you're not going to be wasting your money. Yeah, I don't know if, if it's as, as much about Mario as it is about what Mario stands for. Mm. I like that statement a lot. Um, I think that it's interesting. Well, so here's another layer to add to this discussion. Um, Mario's tonality has not changed essentially since the beginning. Um, it's now you, you mentioned that there was a greater emphasis on this realization that these games are about fun, but I, I mean the cheerfulness, the brightness of this character um, hasn't really changed, which is pretty mind blowing uh, when you think about it, considering how many franchises and series have changed either in terms of tonality or art direction in a major way, um, especially round about the transition from 2d to 3d yet, even in the gritty um, 2000s to the 2010s, the grim dark of that far flung future, Mario was still, sticking to his guns in terms of just the the cheerfulness. Now we see some a little bit of drama now and then with the character, a little bit of seriousness. Um I think you see mm-hmm. a little bit of a Mario scowl in Odyssey and and Mario plus Rabbids, but the heart of the character remains essentially the same. Uh in whatever genre, in whatever platform that he appears on. And that that kind of um malleability that kind of flexibility yet remaining essentially the same at his core is astounding uh and that really Mm -hmm. speaks to the enduring nature of the character what do you think brent yeah i mean you both pretty much took everything oh come on Um. there's more words (laughs) there's more words to say this is mario for it's like if you had to eulogize mario let me okay i'll set you up i'll set you up if you had to eulogize mario oh i was just gonna say that yeah go ahead no (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) go go ahead tell us uh, what what strikes at the heart of the the enduring nature of this character why why is it so enduring why would pete why on earth would full-grown adults put aside an open-world AAA or you know this title or that title that comes out that has all these huge features, online multiplayer, hundreds of hours, all these extra things thrown in, the amazing realistic graphics, um, what is it, motion capture for actors, real actors, and then a Mario game comes out and people are like, I have to play that. Why? I think, you know, to go back to what Blue said, I think it really boils down to their fun. People, especially adults, you're playing video games mostly probably for escape, to have some fun, to get away from your, you know, boring or monotonous or depressing or whatever it is life for a few minutes or a few hours. And, you know, like you said, they're bright, they're colorful, you know, they're fun. They're enjoyable. You can get lost in that silly world where you don't really care that the rules don't all make sense. It's fine. You want to get lost in a world that's not like your own. And, you know, when you were talking about how many games in the series are really good, 
you know, I can't think of another franchise that you think, oh, good, another game's coming out. It's always, I hope it's good. Hmm. <laughs> yes, Mario, fingers crossed, please, please, when, please. Yeah, when's the last time a new Mario game was coming out and people were like, well, I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah. I Mario hope they Kart don't mess Mobile. this one up. Okay, now see, this <laughs> yeah. is what you were fated to say right there. That right there that you just said is an observation that's amazing. I never even thought of that. And you know what? Speaking of observations, this is the first Super Mario Magecast episode we've done. And it's episode 17. I mean, it's kind of strange Jeez. that we haven't got to it sooner. Yeah. What have you guys been saying. doing with all your time? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's a good thing I'm here. It is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about this Super Mario. So, fun. Um, I. It's It's... It's one thing to really enjoy, and I do, the story-driven, um, philosophy-heavy uh, commentary on the human experience or human nature or depravity or whatever kinds of games. Those those very cinematic, those very theatrical, uh, those games that, that really get emotional are astounding, especially when they're really good. But... Sometimes you just want to go around collecting coins, you know, for that escapism, for that fun, for that challenge. Um, and Mario games, I think, will always be around. It, it'll be a sad day if it's ever like, oh, and this is going to be the the last Super Mario game we ever make. <laughs> no, no, don't don't say that out loud. I'm sorry. I'll, you know what? I will edit that out. Okay. Fingers crossed. I won't. Um, so you know, I, I think part of it is that it that's not just arcade fun. There is a little bit of a story. There is a little bit of a structure. There is a goal besides just beating it. You know, it's the typical save a princess, but it's almost it, it's kind of like a fairy tale story mm, each game. Right. So you you can get lost in it while not like you said, having to think about life and what everything means. Right. Now, here's a, a another layer, too, I think, to that, is that the Mario franchise is really character-driven um, in the sense of not character development, um, but in the sense of having these this sort of iconic pantheon, this roster of peoples that um, you kind of become a fan of over time. I found myself, and this is my shame to admit, I found myself falling into the Waluigi fandom on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Roundabout roundabout when uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out. And um, yeah, that is a weird fandom. But there's a a lot of people that will say, you know, oh, I... I, Well, like when you sit down to play a a Mario Kart or a Smash Brothers, and you're like, well, of course I'm going to play as Yoshi. That's my favorite character. Of course I'm going to play as Bowser. That's my favorite character. So you kind of latch on to these characters and they become for you um, uh, things that maybe say something about yourself that might be reading a little too much into it. But they're characters that you latch on to for whatever reason. I like turtles. I like green. I like Mario, whatever. And now I'm Mm -hmm. rambling. So, well, (laughs) Well, well, no, I think that you have something there. Like in the, the book that I was talking about earlier, it talks about how um, Hiroshi Yamauchi, you know, the founder of Nintendo, how he wanted to have this huge empire. And he visited, and he thought he had it in Japan with a toy company and selling playing cards and things like that. And then he went to America 
and saw what Disney was doing. Hmm. And he was kind of like, oh, this is what I want. This is the goal. And so a lot of what he did was kind of modeled after them. Like you talk about character driven, but the characters don't really change. I mean, look at Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And in many ways, Super Mario World is a theme park, a video game theme park with Hmm. different themed worlds, different themed music and all of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, So that's real interesting. Something that I've said about Mickey Mouse um, typically when I'm talking about Superman, um, so I, and this will make sense when I, when I bring it down, uh, capes. Okay. Just remember that, uh, Superman though is a favorite character of mine in American literary fiction, uh, genre fiction, of course. But, uh, one of the things that I think Superman is in danger of is becoming anachronistic. Um, like I usually say like Mickey Mouse or like Bugs Bunny. Um, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is one of those characters that to me seems like he's stuck in time. I don't know if you guys have caught, uh, sort of a new animated series they've done for Mickey Mouse on YouTube. Um, my son loves to watch it and it's actually really funny, but what they've done with the character, I think is they've made Mickey Mouse less of uh, less of a straight man, less of a perfect Boy Scout, less of a can't do wrong kind of a character. Um, but every once in a while in old Mickey Mouse cartoons, you'd also see him as sort of a, a mischievous archetype as well. But what I think they've done is they've given him a little more personality, a little more character, um, and so on and so forth. Now with Bugs Bunny, I sort of think the same thing. Bugs Bunny is kind of stuck in time. It dawned on me, this is a few years ago, that my kid brother, 15 years younger than myself, did not know the Looney Tunes characters. And I was what? like, what? Yeah, that was my reaction. How do you uh, not know the Looney Tunes characters? Exactly. Um, now, Are they on TV still? No. Well, I mean, well, reruns and that sort of thing. But when was the last time Looney Tunes did something new, let's say? New and mainstream and big. <laughs> Space Jam? Yeah, right. That was and that was no, like twenty years no, ago. They, they made a they made a Looney Tunes movie in the two thousands. Right, but like was it mainstream? What was it even called? Um, <laughs> that sort of proves the point right there. Well, I didn't see it. Okay, yeah. Back in action. Right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't but, see that either. I think I know what you're talking about though. Um two thousand three. And that was already what, sixteen years ago? So yeah, yeah, good point. It's like a lifetime for some of these kids. But um, what were we doing? We were driving. Oh, and the car in front of us had a Tasmanian devil um, uh, window sticker. And he just randomly asked my kid brother, who's that? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't even have anything in my mouth. I just spit. And I was like, who is, who is that? That, sir, is Taz, the Tasmanian devil. He's like, oh, who? What's he from? And I and I spat again, and mm. I said, "He's from Looney Tunes." You have that, missed some crucial Big Brother <laughs> training. Yeah. This is your fault. This is on you. <laughs> well, believe me, that what we did was we went home and we, and we watched some Looney Tunes. Uh, several years back, I bought my wife the complete Looney Tunes collection. And I hope you started him on the Chuck Jones era ones. I can't recall where we started. Oh. I think I just picked some of my favorite episodes 
um, out of the, like Rabbit of Seville and stuff like that. That was Chuck Jones. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can't remember all the titles that we picked out. Uh, Rabbit season, Duck season. Um, of course. Yeah. The, the, the real iconic stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the point being that I think Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes characters are a are icons of yesteryear. Um, it they're kind but, of there's not really things being done with them now. Is but, is the point? But go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But no, no, no. Go ahead. Is that a failure of the characters themselves or how they're managed? No. Yes, it is a failure. I would say of how they're managed. Not a failure of the characters themselves. I think that the characters themselves are, um, and this is sort of, okay, giving the two examples, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny, was a little confusing um, the way that I stated it here. But I think that Mickey Mouse was and is anachronistic for different reasons than Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. I think that the Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes were like flat out perfect as characters. Um, they don't need to be changed or updated in order to be presented to a new audience. They essence, uh, essentially just have to be represented to the new audiences, uh, minus jokes perhaps that we would find hideously offensive in 2019. <laughs> but <laughs> but they are, for whatever reason, probably managerial reasons, um, remnants of the past and we haven't really seen anything new from them now i think i've never worried about that with super mario i've never worried that he was just going to become sort of a proverb or a byword or an anachronism a thing that belongs in the past and has no real place in the present but i mean super mario odyssey comes out and people are talking about it people are playing it people are having fun uh, and it's not really even that innovative on the series. It's just the same fun that it's always been. Um, so there's something really incredible about this sort of this experiment, this this concept that is Super Mario um, that I think strikes to its management and also its its characters as just being really fun. So with all of that, we kind of wanted to get into the issue of timelessness. Um, Here's a question I wanted to interject with. This is from uh, Chris at Overthinkery1 on Twitter, who said, Hyped for that Magely combo. Here's one. Imagine Super Mario World never happened, and that in 2019, a Mario game was released, which was exactly identical in every way except better graphics. Would it be as big of a deal, would Mario still be around, or as successful without Super Mario World? <laughs> now, yeah. Yeah, you go ahead, Brett. You can go first on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were kind of talking about it before we started recording and got you on the call. Anyways, Brent, but <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So so Super Mario World never happened in 90, 91, 92. Um, and today, 2019... A Mario game is released that's exactly the same, except better graphics. Is it going to be as big of a deal or not? So that's the only game in the franchise that doesn't exist. Well, now that's not part of the question, but that is an interesting sub question, right? Is like, will we never have Yoshi in in the future? Because Yoshi makes his first appearance here, 
right? Yeah, but they wanted to put him in a previous Mario game. Okay, so we would let's assume for the sake of you answering this question, um, without an infinite series of sub questions. Um, <laughs> I need to know the parameters here. Yeah, we're, we're setting them. We're setting the parameters. I'm flicking all the switches. Um, <laughs> so let's say, for the sake of argument, that the Mario franchise is essentially the same. Um, just that Super Mario World never happened. Okay. Then I think, first of all, I think it would probably be similarly successful. Okay, now, now I would say before you, I ask you to unpack that statement, I would say it's a little, it's a little unfair to the game Super Mario World to say other games already came up with all of its innovations. Because the innovations are itself... Mm-hmm part of what makes it great yoshi the well Koopaling, right yeah. star road the secrets so on and so forth um but it's a hypothetical question anyway so anyways unpack why why would it still be such a big deal if a, a new 2d super mario brothers game came out and it happened to be this game uh i guess first of all it, uh, well let me just add some more qualifiers <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know what better graphics means, but I think that, you know, now is a a time when people are looking towards retro inspired games. I think if Mario World had never existed before, but came out now, people would be like, wow, look at this great throwback Mario game. Mm. What a what a what a great move to go back from Odyssey to something, you know, side side 2D and and to go back and really harness that retro feel with Nintendo's care and love. But it depends on what better graphics means partially, I guess for it to really be retro. Right. Um, but, it, but honestly, like kind of like I said before, you know, everyone loves almost every Mario game. I think it's, it, people might not be thrilled. There might be people who are like, ah, it's not what I wanted out of the next one, but they're still probably going to buy it. They're still probably going to have fun playing it. What do you think blue? Mm-hmm. I think probably the most likely scenario that would fit Overthinkery's question is if Nintendo had simply stopped, had had done nothing since, and now they're trying to resurrect their best character. So that and would then, be World as a reboot, essentially. Right, then. exactly. Yeah. It, would, okay. it would join the ranks of Ratchet and Clank and Spyro and those kinds of reboots and remakes. That's kind of what i think and do i think it would be successful i think so Mm -hmm. um i mean it's it's hard to say what would happen without two decades of 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 reinforcing this character and this idea of this character being fun in in the minds of consumers Mm -hmm. it's hard to say and it is it is a hard question to answer. I think that um, the existence of a sizable um, market of games that are trying to make themselves throwbacks to the 16-bit and the 8-bit era is pretty decent evidence that people are still interested in these kinds of games um, mm-hmm. and that definitely people are still interested in making these kind of games. Um, and if Super Mario World came out today, uh, a question that came to my mind is uh, do games like this have timeless qualities to them? Do they have qualities to them? We kind of touched on this earlier with Super Mario Brothers 3, but 
does this game have something for modern audiences that it's still there that it had when it first came out that that doesn't change i mean is it still well designed is it still well balanced in its is it in its physics um because he says only if you changed graphics so I, I like what you said brent what is better graphics um like if it's a 2.5 d kind of a game i just think those are ugly but that's just me personally um but what works with the graphics of Super Mario World is it's easy to see, it's clear, everything is sort of well contrasted in its color palette. Um, but do games have have qualities that remain timeless? Isn't that essentially what we mean when we say a game is a classic? Brent, what do you think? I think so. I mean, I, I think Mario Super Mario World definitely has... Uh, traits about it things about it that are timeless i mean the the fun factor isn't for me necessarily based on nostalgia because as i said i didn't remember the first time i played it Mm. you know i remembered it from year you know a while later after it came out after playing it with a friend or whatever i didn't beat it for years and years and years later so it's not like that's what it has to it's the challenge it's the lighthearted fun it's just an enjoyable experience it's huge there's so many secrets it it can be a lot more challenging if you want to try and get everything and it can be just kind of challenging if you don't yeah i like that you brought up nostalgia that was that was the big that's the big word here right um a lot of people will come right out and say that if you still think games like this are classic that's just nostalgia talking now, I think that the way around that is to get people who could not have played this when it first came out. Either they were not born or they were way too young. Um, people who did not experience it contemporaneously, uh, experiencing it now and seeing what their reactions are. So, again, I brought up my kid brother earlier. He's kind of been my guinea pig for a lot of, um, for a lot of testing whether games are timeless in certain ways. Um, and it, we've played uh, Super or um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out together, and the dude got addicted to Punch Out on the NES. Um, just straight up, like played it for hours and hours. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, these boss mechanics!" And I didn't even think of it in terms of boss mechanics, but that's how he thought of it. He's 18 now, so he's just, he's into video games, but hasn't played too much of that. Um, the other day, I saw him on his Switch. He was playing Kirby's Adventure and just like getting super into it. Um, I don't think we've played a Mario game together, but the next one that I'd like to test is Super Mario World and see if it's something that can still capture the imagination and be fun to somebody who grew up on games like um, Overwatch and the PS3 and the PS4. Um, I think so, um, but I think that that's a way to test whether it's 100% nostalgia or not. Have young people from the next generation... Um, play these games for the first time and experiencing them for themselves, especially if they're, you know, like older teens, because, you know, then they're they're operating with like full capacity. So what do you think, Blue? Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Hmm. I think that uh, some games are obviously remembered with nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you think that you could, even for yourself, because I didn't really add this, do you think that uh-huh. you can go back and play a game and sort of cut through that a bit? 
Like maybe there's a game you haven't played for like 20 years and you're like, oh man, I remember it being so good. And then you go back and you play and you're like, (laughs) probably. I know um, more more with like cartoons that I used to watch. Like the other day I I put on Tiny Toons, which I adored. (laughs) And then I put on the cartoon again. I'm going to watch some of this. It's going to be so fun. I was like, oh my God, it sucks. It's so bad. (laughs) The animation is so sloppy. The pacing is awful. It's like, yeah. No, nostalgia glasses are definitely a thing. Yes, I agree. But <laughs> you cannot dismiss everything that came before as being automatically worse than whatever is now. Right. Um, so I think you're you're getting at a moderated perspective, which is also my perspective that not everything is nostalgia, but some mm-hmm. things are definitely nostalgia. Definitely. Some things are definitely nostalgia, yeah. but as far as Super Mario World, I do not think nostalgia is the case there. Yeah. I think that the gameplay and the mechanics that Super Mario World carried over uh, from 1, 2, and 3, and then in many ways perfected, are have, have been repeated and unchanged throughout every platformer that's come afterwards. Mm. Which is why Overthinkery's question is so difficult to answer. Because where would platformers as a genre be without Super Mario World? Yeah. It's like, who even knows? Would they even exist? Yeah. Exactly. That, but that is, that is a hard question to answer for sure. They'd all be Tomb Raider. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all Anything, but Anything but that. Anything but that. For me. Bubsy 3D. Yeah, Bubsy 3D. Do not say that. Earthworm no, Jim stop. 3D. Ugh, just have a heart attack <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I think for me, I went back to play a game that I really loved from my childhood, which was Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana was one of those games that when I was a kid was like, dude, this is the holy grail of action RPGs. I mean, an action RPG in the 16-bit era with two-player co-op is pretty cool. Um, But I went and I replayed it um, with my kid brother. It was his first time. We played through the whole game. First time I ever beat it. And I was like, this game was chopped to pieces. You can tell that there are things missing from the game, definitely in terms of story. It has problems with its hitbox, it, it major problems with hitboxes. Um, but it's a game that, for me, when I went to revisit it, I was like, I guess it was a lot of nostalgia that sort of covered up a mm. lot of things. But I think that if you're honest with yourself, you can go back and you can look at certain things and say, critically, this was not what I remembered it to be. Still a, a great and fun game. But nowhere near like a top 10 SNES for me, at least from my perspective of playing mm-hmm. it again. Um, Which is so interesting because it's so often listed in the top RPGs ever. It is. And I wonder, I, I, every time I see it listed, I'm like, guys, when was the last time you played this? Like, you play it. When was the last <laughs> time you played it, Blue? Uh, probably when it was new. Oh, man. Yeah, you should play it oh, again geez. and. And now I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. Well, and that's another thing. It'll be like, tiny you, tunes all over again. Yeah, keep it in. Just keep it in your memory, and it'll yep. be fine. I played it a few. I played it a few years ago, and I, I, I didn't remember from my childhood how much work goes into leveling up the the weapons. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool. Whew. It's a cool system, but there's a lot of it's weapons exhausting. to level up. Yeah, 
Yeah, usually I just stick with the same weapons in that game because. So, anyways, I think that's one game in terms of design and execution and presentation, um, where there are definite things that you know, if you're if you're glossing over that, that is nostalgia. Um, but I think we answered another question here from at Desert Fury ninety on Twitter. Super Mario World is considered one of the best. Why does it stand out still to this day, in your opinion? I think we've talked a lot about uh, gameplay, depth, mechanics, those sorts of timeless things, mm-hmm. accessibility. Uh, this is this is Mario games are one of those games that you can really just pick up and start playing. Um, you know, a leaf pops out, a cape pops out, and you're like, oh, what does this do? And then just in terms of how the levels are designed, you sort of learn how to use those things. So it's just a really accessible kind of game, uh, and that's real good. But let's get on to a couple other things from this. Um, New ideas that Super Mario World had. So things that were not in Super Mario Bros. 3. What do you think, Brent? Uh, I think... One of the things when I remember first playing it when I was younger that really stood out to me as a brand new mechanic in general that I had never seen was uh, going on the backside of the fence. Oh, right. I was going to say the same. In the castle. Wait, now, I don't remember now. What? What What are you talking about? What you talking about, Brent? In the castles, when you're when you're crawling on like oh, it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, fencing, yeah, 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 and then you can flip over on the backside yeah. and punch okay, the Koopas I remember, down. Now I remember. That I was picturing like that was a something fence, about the game like, that the did ground. blow my mind. That was like, oh, wait, no. what? No, no, no. Okay, and then here's the question: because you could uh, climb down and hit the Koopas on the head and kill them that way, but didn't you avoid doing that specifically so you could go on the other side and punch them because it was way more oh, fun? Oh, definitely. Yeah, but you could exactly. get, everybody does it. But you could get a level up if you hit them on the head. Uh, or a level up. A one-up if you hit a them one, on the head. Yeah, yeah. but it's But it's not it's punching not through punching a screen, them. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the trade-off. Yeah. One up or punching, yeah. and the punching, punching. is. Super I always cool. chose yeah. punching. Yeah, definitely punching. What what what's another innovation, <laughs> Blue? Um, oh, the Koopa clown car. Oh yeah, was yes. that not the funniest thing that you've ever seen? I when he showed up it. in that, it was just so over the top, villainy, <laughs> just like excess. It was so great. I and love the, it. The expression on the clown changed. Based on what you were doing, like when Koopa went to like his second stage, it got like really angry, and then when you beat him, it had like a tear. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, I love that that clown mobile so much. It's so like it's again, it's one of those things that as a kid you're like, well, of course Bowser rides in like an upside down clown helicopter. Like, of course, why wouldn't he? Yeah, but <laughs> if that was the first time you saw it as an adult, you'd be like, why the heck is that dragon in that clown car? floating in the sky it's just it's one of those things that's so wacky so beautifully bizarre um grown-ups don't understand yeah i exactly i love it <laughs> um i'm gonna say uh the koopalings this is the first time that we got to see the koopalings pretty sure because in super mario brothers mm. 3 it was just the um uh-oh it was just the the regular bosses right and they were the same no. at the end of each thing or it was the koopalings it was the Koopa. Okay, so I misremembered yeah. it as the Koopalings being only in um in All Star. But oh. they were in the original Super Mario Brothers three then, right? Right. You have to beat each one and then the wand falls from the sky and you have to jump and catch the wand. Okay. If you were cool before it hit the ground. 
Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Everybody. And that. then you come up to the Koopalings in Super Mario World and you're like, Psh, I remember you. Same thing's going to happen as last time. Okay, so let me see. Here's what it says on the official Super Mario Wiki before I give out all kinds of false information like an idiot. The Koopalings debuted in Super Mario Brothers 3 and later appeared as bosses in various SNES-era Mario games before going on a long hiatus, reappearing once in 2003 and then being redesigned in 2009. The Koopalings are not Bowser's children, according to Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, the Koopalings are his underlings. I always thought they were his kids when I was growing up. I did, I did until too. just right now. Oh, really? Okay. I did. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I thought that until just this moment. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Um, so uh, were they named in Super Mario Brothers 3, though? That's a question that I, I want to thought know. so. They uh, may not have given their names until World. Yeah. Unless they're in like the Super Mario 3 manual, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I wish I had a manual to check out, but I know for sure by the time you get to World, they were Morton, Lemmy, Iggy, Ludwig, Von Koopa, Larry, Wendy, Okoopa, and Roy. Um, mm-hmm. And I always wondered how the heck they came up with those names. Like, why those specific names? They just pick them out of the air? Is that like their I'm favorite I'm sure they band? had... I'm sure they had... They're all meaning. musicians. They're all musicians? Yeah. Who is Wendy? Okay, Iggy. Iggy Pop. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig, obviously. Uh, Morton and Roy? Uh, Roy Orbison, and I can't remember who Morton is. Oh, man. But I think that I think they're all, they're all musicians. based on musicians. Wow. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We got to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. This is like a whole episode just on the Koopalings. <laughs> Named after Wendy O. Williams, Morton Downey Jr., Lemmy Kilmeister, Beethoven Roy Orbison, Larry Mullen Jr. Yeah, they're all musicians. Who the heck is Beethoven? I just <laughs> uh, oh yeah, there it is. Looking at it right here. Wow, I did not. Oh, know Oh, Morton that. Downey was actually a talk show host, not a musician. Okay, so you got mm. the drummer of the rock band U two. You've got the American tabloid talk show presenter. Yeah, you've got an American singer and front woman of a punk rock band, The Plasmatics. Uh, Iggy Pop from The Stooges. Uh, Roy Orbison, rock and roll singer. Lemmy. Where is it? Frontman of the English the heavy metal band Motorhead. And Ludwig von Beethoven. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is, so is Bowser a musical reference? Well, there was eventually a band called Bowser. And the the president of Nintendo of America, once Reggie does officially step down, is now Doug Bowser. How's that? That's a crazy... I never thought I would live in a universe where... The president of Nintendo of America would beat Bowser. Never thought. Um, this is how the world ends. Yeah, this is how the world ends. Yeah, <laughs> now watch his first announcement be like, well, now we are no longer making Mario games. Um, there's a question in here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. This is from At the Arcade Castle. Favorite Koopa Kid. So, what was your guys' favorite Koopa Ling? Brent. Um, probably Iggy. 
Uh, what? But don't ask me why. I don't, I don't have a reason. Well, Iggy's for it. cool because he looks insane. Yeah. What about you, Blue? What about you? <laughs> I liked Ludwig just yeah. because I thought that his name, the joke, the joke was obvious enough that I could get it at yeah. the time. So I thought that was funny. And his hair is super cool too. But um, my favorite was both Ludwig and Morton Koopa Jr. Um, Morton kind of reminds me of my last name, Norton. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Narcissism. <laughs> that's that's my reason for liking <laughs> Um So I guess, yeah, I, I screwed up my in- innovation answer. Um, so I'm going to say Yoshi instead because I know pretty sure. Oh, okay. No, that's a good one. Yeah, pretty sure Yoshi was not in Super Mario Brothers 3. Um Having a mount and having like an extra sort of jump then, um, having mm-hmm. that extra ability to eat enemies and spit them out or carry them in your mouth, really cool. Plus there were mm-hmm. the different colored Yoshis. Do you guys remember which colors and their correspondence? Oh, heck yeah. Okay, spit it out. What you got? Okay, so the green ones aren't normal. The red ones shoot fireballs. The yellow ones have the dust cloud that damages the enemies if you get close enough. And then the blue one flies, which was the Holy Grail one. Yes. I remember going to Star World so many times just to get the blue Yoshi. Just and to then if you lost the it uh, in yeah. the level and it's like running away in a panic, you're trying to catch it. You're like, no, it's the blue one. Come back. <laughs> yeah. If, like, if it's green Yoshi, you're like, I just let it die. Yeah, if but, I'll get another one. Yeah. But if it's the blue one, you freaking need that back. No, exactly. What? Which You had a favorite colored Yoshi, Brent? Oh, it was definitely oh, the blue yeah. one, yeah. That, that's, it's not just everybody's favorite. It's like objectively the best one so right well i mean yeah, yeah you yeah. could definitely get through hazards on a stage much easier with blue yoshi mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. why they prevented you from having yoshi in the castles and ghost houses right jerks yeah because that's i mean the blue yoshi is kind of game breaking but you cannot take him with you on uh on a variety of the game's hardest stages definitely tubular uh, you cannot carry him with you. The one where you <laughs> blowed up into fat balloon Mario. And, uh, yep, sorry. Can't do uh, Balloon Mario is so stressful, too. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. an When he likes flexing, uh, you know, out and in, and that's your warning that he's going to yeah, he's gonna lose his balloon power. That's stressful. Yeah, and you can't see ground in sight. You're just like, uh, well, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, that, was a, that was a new power-up. What are some other new power-ups, Brent? Uh, the switches, the color switches. Oh, right, right, right. Those aren't really power-ups, I guess, but they were innovations. Yeah, that's true. What else, Blue? So the fortress, this is not a power-up either, but the fortresses had those horrible buzzsaw sections, um, which are now like a platformer kind of in-joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the buzzsaw platforming sections, they even did it a, a whole optional section in Hollow Knight. It's called the Path of Pain, where you have to just <laughs> dodge a zillions of ridiculously placed buzzsaws. Yeah. But what I want to know is, were buzzsaws used in that fashion before Super Mario World? Oh, I have no idea. I don't recall them don't in either. Super Mario Brothers 3. Somebody listening who's like a platformer yeah. expert will have to clarify <laughs> Internet that. fact checkers, assemble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we usually call on that during an episode of MageCast and then like nobody responds. So it's just, it's going to remain a, a mystery. Okay. Unless well, I'm like... going to say that's a Super Mario World original until somebody proves me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Um, So definitely the cape. 
the 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 feather um what was the official term for the feather darn it um was it not just feather i thought it was feather. it's just called feather i just yeah i just thought it was the feather the feather let's see. <laughs> the feather <laughs> the i mean lowercase feather? f let's the see. feather uh, i i just looked it up it's called the cape feather cape feather there you go because there's got to be something lost in translation there yeah right <laughs> Uh, right, because why on earth does a feather give you a cape? Now we figured out why uh, a leaf gives you tanuki powers, right? Because tanukis would use uh, leaves to focus their shape shifting concentrations, right, or something like that. Is that true? That is. Uh... That's another thing I didn't know until right this moment. Okay. Yeah, I don't know okay, that either. So, I'm learning so much. Oh, your head blows up. Um, I'm pretty sure I wrote about it when I reviewed Super Mario Brothers three. Um, so if you're listening and you're curious, you could go check that. I'll leave a link in this in the description. Um, but I did talk about some of the folklore for Tanuki. Have you guys seen Studio Ghibli's um, Palm Poco? Nope. No, but I have seen screenshots of it, and I'm always like, "Whoa, those are anatomically correct cartoon characters." Yeah, so Tanuki, uh, Tanuki <laughs> it's a little disturbing. It is, yeah. Tanuki are one of those things that are extremely folkloric and cultural. So I think everybody who is not Japanese <laughs> and doesn't doesn't have any familiarity with Tanuki at all is kind of like, "What is this a family movie?" Yeah. So, but it mm-hmm. it, is, it is actually a really good movie. I think it's a good movie. Um, it's a. Weird I think just movie. it's probably that for that reason that it's not come over to North America the way the other titles have. Yeah. Now there is there is a dub for it. Um, I can't remember who dubbed it. Pretty sure it was not Disney. Um, yeah, but it's not a Blu-ray release either. No, with, no, 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 no. You know, yeah. movie stars doing the voices. Yeah, it didn't get all the whole bells and whistles. Um, the narrator for the English version is the guy who voiced Brain in Pinky and the Brain. So there's that. Oh. Um, it is. It uh, yeah. Maurice Lamarche. Yeah, there you go. Um, it is worth watching. Um, it's quite emotional for a bit at the end. Um, it's just, it's such a weird, it's maybe the most Japanese of the, um, Studio Ghibli films, except for maybe Spirited Away. Um, and maybe a couple other ones like Princess Kaguya, but anyways, anyways. Um, qualifiers, quali- qualifiers, qualifiers, qualifiers. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pompoko is weird. If you guys want to learn more about Tanuki, go and watch Pompoko and be like, okay. But in in Pompogo, there's a scene where Tanuki are sort of like these magical shape-shifting creatures that resemble our raccoons. Um, but in order to shape-shift, um, Tanuki are known for being sort of stupid and, and, and dumb. So they have to focus in order to get their shape-shifting powers down. So they'll focus on like a rock or a leaf, and that'll let them shape-shift. So I think in Super Mario Brothers 3... They created the super leaf as sort of an emblem that Mario, once he grabs it, would focus and then be able to shapeshift into Tanuki Mario, um, for better or worse. Hmm. So, but the cape feather, I have no idea why, why on earth a feather would give you a cape. No idea at all. Maybe it's Dumbo. Maybe it's Dumbo. I don't know what you mean. Maybe it's Dumbo. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Because... <laughs> Because Timothy the Mouse in the original cartoon, 
He takes a crow feather and gives it to Dumbo and says, "Oh, this is a magic feather. It will let you fly." Oh. And so then through the whole cartoon, Dumbo holds the feather and he flies. And then it's at the end where Timothy says, "You don't need the feather. I was making it up." And he learns that he can just fly on his own strength. Wow. Well, maybe it is. I've never heard that before and I never made that correlation. I've seen Dumbo, but never thought... <laughs> you weren't paying attention, I, clearly. I was just like... All anybody remembers about Dumbo is the racist crows. Well, actually, well, <laughs> the only thing I remember about Dumbo is the pink elephant scene, where I'm pretty sure lots of kids had nightmares. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elephants on parade. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what the heck were we talking about? Oh, uh, innovations. innovations. I was at... Wait, while we were still talking about the feather and cape, I was just going to say, I always thought it was weird to switch from the leaf and tanuki to the feather and the cape when it does almost essentially the exact same thing. Right, except the cape lets you sustain flight, right? Yes. Um versus Gliding. yeah, versus the um the the leaf, the tanuki Mario sort of ascends and then descends in like a peak. So I think what they wanted to do is create um longer more varied levels in different senses vertical and horizontally that the cape feather well the cape feather could turn around it could dive bomb to get underneath things so i think it's just a more uh what's the right word but you could have done that as tanuki mario yeah if that's, how, no if that's how they would have made it right oh i see what you mean so they it, rather than just have the cape they could have yeah i don't know it's dinosaur unless land. they're just yeah doing something different just to do something different yeah 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 um it's just as iconic i mean you don't really see caped mario much anymore well, he's got the cape and smash um, as sort of like a move where he can spin people around. But um, are there birds in Super Mario World? All these questions that are just impossible to, to answer. Where, where are these feathers coming from? <laughs> I, I guess know. is my are question. Are there birds in Super <laughs> Mario World? Gosh. Well, feather dinosaurs didn't appear till much later. <laughs> it's an anachronism. There you go. There, there you go. There you go. Well, I felt... humans and dinosaurs interact in the <laughs> game, so I think we're way off here. Just, just, just let it go. I felt like that was headed into like tongue-in-cheek territory, but I was like, that's probably the right answer at the same time. Uh, yeah. Whew. I don't know. Uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, we want to know why the cape feather gives you a cape. Why? What's the connection? If it's Dumbo, then Blue, send her a free copy of the next Mario game. I don't know. <gasps> Yeah, that's a good idea. I thought idea. you were going to say the live-action Dumbo. <laughs> live-action oh. Dumbo. Oh, God. I would never wish <laughs> no, that you, on anyone. You can keep that. Yeah. that I'm good. How scary I'm do good. you think the Pink Elephant March will be in Oh, that? man. I bet you they don't even have it. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's probably true. <laughs> that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. Because monsters. Um, what we <laughs> I was going to say because drinking, but, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, managerial, <laughs> the people who are just like, oh, we can't have this today. Those people are monsters. Um, what else, Were there any other unique power-ups in mm. Mario World? I don't think so. The spin jump. The spin jump. That was interesting to break through blocks underneath of you. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't really carry that on into too many other games, I don't think. No, but it didn't appear before either, and it yeah. gave you options. Like the purple dinosaur at the beginning, you could jump on him twice with the regular jump and kill him that way, or once with the spin jump. Yeah, yeah that's definitely true. Um, Star World or Star Road, excuse me, we didn't really talk about. 
Um, Star Road was by far for me the coolest thing in this game. Absolutely. Um, I just loved how you could find different uh, teleportation nodes to Star Road at various places in this map. And um, it would link you to different areas in Star Road. Just a really cool a cool uh, zone in this game. But mm -hmm. yeah, some of the some of those levels were not friendly. <laughs> oh, and the key and keyhole we didn't talk about. Um, oh no, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you want to unpack that? What was what were the keys and keyholes, Blue? So if you found a key, you had to carry it usually because it wasn't right next to the keyhole. So you had to carry it with you and find out where was the secret door for this particular key. And then um, you ran up to it and it went in and then the screen went boop and the keyhole like expanded and took the whole thing. And then it was exciting because you didn't know where you were going to end up. Yes. And then when you got back to the world map, uh, it would open up like a different path. There were so many secrets in this game. Mm -hmm. One of the things that just made it so playable and, and still is even in an internet age, if you have the, the, um, the integrity not to look up every secret. Um, but definitely back then <laughs> when you didn't have every secret just available to you online uh, and you had to explore and be like, oh, this ghost house, you could fly up over the top of the ghost and there's a secret area. It was just so cool to see that many more secrets, uh, those many more speaks grammar is hard um but you remember there were secrets back in the original <laughs> super mario brothers right you could jump over the walls and there'd be like different warp pipes but this blew it out of the water taking us way back to at the beginning when you said i think it was you blue that said um that mario world was like super mario brothers 3 on steroids it was just so huge mm -hmm. and it still is a mm -hmm. really big game i mean there's a lot to see in this game yeah, exactly, and and how they animated the the scope of it. Like when you start and the mountains are far away, and then you progress in the game and they get closer. Yeah, little details like that really help to sell the experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about music. Um, uh, just a just a wee bit. Uh, music by Koji Kondo, a legend and icon. Um, mm -hmm. this soundtrack is interesting i think in a lot of different ways um it's sort of different from the rest of the series in that well it has different themes um but it's not as it's not as kind of like caribbean as um super mario brothers 3 was to my mind um but how would you describe this soundtrack brent uh, I actually think kind of parts of it are st still kind of carry over that island feel, but um, like you said, there's different themes. You know, each area of the world has its own sound, and the soundtrack, you know, for the time, the, being the launch title for the console, the soundtrack for the game was huge compared to what we were used to, even as big as Mario 3's was go back now and I listen to the two soundtracks and I find the Super Mario World soundtrack is far more listenable when I'm not playing the game than the Mario 3 soundtrack is. Mm. Mm. Um, but it has, you know, it has... I really like uh, the song that plays outside of Bowser's okay, Castle so, in the final world. So here's, <laughs> so here's what you're going to do. <laughs> you know the drill. 
Okay, you have to you have to hum a few bars of that song because I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> um, you got to recall. I can't it, think of all the. I can't my... think of the notes though. Just um, what you can remember. All I can remember is the. I don't even know what instrument it would be. The at the beginning before the bass line kicks in, and the bass line's the important part that I can't think of. Do you want to look it up? Because I really want to hear you sing it. <laughs> you laugh now, Bluebird. Who do you think singing that? It wouldn't be Magecast without a bit of self humiliation. You know, you really should tell people that before you invite them on the show. <laughs> I, I do you not listen? <laughs> no. I, I think I, I thought I saying. warned you. I thought I warned. Who did? It? Well, it's kind of weird because we just recorded the Turtles in Time podcast. And I know for sure I warned everybody on that one. I was like, guys, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want like a four part harmony of like the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. And we did pretty good. I I think that's because we didn't actually attempt to harmonize. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> we just did four different, four different parts. Okay. You got that track. Okay, fine. Come on. You're just like wasting time. He's <laughs> like, oh, geez, look at the Well, time. no, it's every we time I listen to up. it. <laughs> okay. I jumped back okay, into the conversation. We'll, we'll be quiet. Go ahead. All right. It's uh it's like Yes, I know what you're talking about where he's like he's like floating in that like lemniscate pattern in the background over his castle. Yes. 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 That looks like a casino. Yeah. Cuz until then you'd been in like Vanilla Dome and Donut Plains and it'd been all silly and then you walk into that world and you're like oh yeah it just got real yeah super cool man Bowser is such a cool villain okay blue what's your favorite what's one of your favorite tracks from this game and or please yes do sing it um i like the underground theme where it's like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then if you have Yoshi and the bongos come on at the end, it's like. Yes. Like yes. Okay. 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 So here's what we're going to do. You do, you do the, the do, 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 and then, and then I'll do the bongos. Okay. Go, okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Oh no, I did the wrong one. Okay. Okay. Nope. I got it in my head. I'm good now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. This is always my favorite part of Mage Cat. Always my favorite part. My my favorite track is um the uh ghost house theme that had that high pitch that was really similar to the underground theme but then it had that bass pretty sure it was the ghost house it was like no that was the fortress was it the fortress yeah you're thinking of a fortress oh okay wow what the ghost house is Yes, it's, like it's doom, creeping up doom. on you, like Jaws. Okay, let me let me yeah. listen to this real quick. It's like it's the same. It's the same melody. It's just played differently, right? It's very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Okay, 
Uh, let me see. It's <laughs> like like a voice. <laughs> okay, uh, let me hear. The, let me hear the fortress. I'm not gonna edit any of this because it's super cool. <laughs> oh yes, at the beginning of the castle. <laughs> Oh man, what a great soundtrack! Yeah, you know, if you do a clip to like as a teaser for the show. I think this is what you need to click. <laughs> yeah, I should I should do that. I should start doing teasers. Teaser is a good idea. All right. Um, and I love that you brought up the bongos, that the music would actually gain different percussion when you jumped on Yoshi. That is such mm-hmm. a cool idea. Like, So when you lost Yoshi, it was like an extra empty feeling. Yeah. Something was missing. Yes, a whole layer uh, musical track. That's that's such a cool idea. I wonder how Koji Kondo even thought of that. Like he just like like. It, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's clearly a genius. Like on YouTube, there's this playlist that I keep going back to. It's a five hour long playlist of just all kinds of Mario music from beginning to end. There's like everything on there. And what's so crazy is how little he reused from game to game. Yes. He just keeps coming up with original stuff all the time. Yeah. And you're like, how is that even possible? Especially when you're considering the the limitations on video game music that he's had to deal with. It's incredible. And considering how good uh, and how iconic some of the some of the the songs that he's come up with are. Um, like the the original um, Overworld Super Mario Brothers song that like everybody knows, like he, yeah. he has obviously remixed it plenty of times, but he hasn't made that the backbone of every soundtrack for Mario that he's written. You know, it's just uh, yeah. amazing. Some games it doesn't a- appear at all. Yeah, I don't think it's in. Uh, I don't think it's in World. No, unless it's it's as a as a parody of itself almost. Yeah, yeah. No, the man's uh, the man's a genius. Um, all right, so let's take some audience comments and questions, and then we'll wrap up this shindig here. Uh, this is from at Nullref. So my friend used to sing this song during all the underwater levels. Here are the lyrics. <laughs> did you guys read this? <laughs> I did. I'm I waiting to see if you're going to actually sing it. I don't, I don't remember. How, how does the underwater sound go? See, no, I can't remember I just listened to the the whole it's not the do 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 Yeah, okay. No, I mean in Super Mario World I feel like the underwater theme is the most nondescript of them. Yeah. Of all of them. That's why I can't think of it. it. That's why we think of the underwater theme from the first Super Mario. Yeah. And it's still a, a waltz, too. So it's kind of, uh, it just mixes in your brain a lot. We've heard a lot of video game music, too, all of us. So mm-hmm. uh, Super Mario is under the sea. Super Mario is under the effing sea. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay. <laughs> 
lyrics. Come on now, you got to read the lyrics correctly. <laughs> well, he said F what it what, what star king C. So that's what it says. <laughs> sing sing that the <laughs> next time you're playing one of those levels, you will never be able to unhear it. I don't know. I don't know. Skeptical a little bit. Um he, this is from at the arcade castle. How many Yoshis do you go through? That's a dark question. <laughs> All the Yoshis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many to count. Yeah. They just let them plummet to their death. Uh, this is from at Teacher Bloke eighty five. Holy yes, one of my favorite games of all time. Can't wait for you to discuss it, Grinface. Here's one: if they had made a straight sequel in the mid nineties, as opposed to Yoshi's Island, what kind of new power ups, levels, ideas would you have liked to see? Hmm. What kind of new power? It's hard to think of new power ups. Because there's so many across the Mario universe. Um, I got one. How about okay. how about a twin mushroom that creates two Marios that must be controlled like twin sticks? Um, so the left the left side controls. <laughs> You're saying that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, left side controls one Mario. Right side controls the other Mario. No, no, no. Uh, did you ever play Mickey Mousecapade on the NES? I remember Mickey Mousecapades. Yeah, that's what it would be like. Yeah. It would suck. Yeah. Well, he didn't say come up with a good power-up. <laughs> he just said come up with a good power-up. What do you think, Brent? A new power-up level idea you'd like to see in a more similar Super Mario World 2? I, I can't think of a new one. I, I kind of think I probably would have preferred if they brought some of the ones from Mario 3 back. Mm, like a frog suit and stuff like that? Yeah, Hammer Brothers yeah. suit. And the suits are cool. Bring back some of the classics that didn't make it into Mario World. Like the turnips from Mario 2? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Blue? I think that they should have inc- they would have included um, the lightning bolt from Super Mario Kart. So if you could find one, it would destroy all the enemies on screen. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Or um, something, something to help with the longevity of Yoshi. Yeah. So that you could you could keep a Yoshi throughout the game instead of having him reincarnate or just you know adding to this giant horrible Yoshi graveyard. (laughs) Beneath the with all their corpses in an unmarked grave. Yeah, beneath all these pits. Oh, yeah, yeah, something where perhaps Yoshi could uh, benefit from the mushrooms as well so he could grow and shrink or whatever. And have an extra hit, yeah. Yeah, keep him with you. Nice. I like that. Well, we'll never know. Growing up with... Oh, this is from the Arcade Castle. (laughs) Growing up with Super Mario World, it was a continual process of exploration and discovery, finding tips in Nintendo Power, word of mouth at school, and late nights playing the game and finding secrets on my own. Super Mario World has a special place in my heart. What are some memorable discoveries you all make? I think he meant made, but... You get the gist of the question. I have one. I'm going to say it before I forget. It's uh, it's the bottom of Butter Bridge where it goes down. I think the level was called Soda Lake. And it had those um, those uh, things that had like Mickey Mouse hands on them. The arms that would come out and launch torpedoes at you. 
Um, cause I remember beating the game for the first couple times and being like, it would show you all the enemies and it showed you those torpedo dudes. And I was like, I don't remember that. So that was a drive to find some kind of level where they were, where they existed. And I remember when I found soda Lake, I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I think it was the very last stage I needed to find. Uh, what about you, Brent? Maybe I brought up the color switches earlier, but um, probably the first time discovering one of the bonus stages for a color switch and then realizing that's what those dotted outlines in the levels were and then thinking, okay, I guess I have to go back and replay all of those levels and look for those. And, and now I'm just playing the second, the whole game a second time mm-hmm. before I finish it the first time. What else could there even be? It was like as soon as you found any of the secrets you had to find all of the secrets. Yeah. And it took a while. Definitely. Yeah. 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 What about, uh, what about you blue? Some memorable discoveries. Um, I was actually also going to say the power switch, but specifically the blue one, because you find the yellow one early. And then I think the red one's not too bad, but then for the longest time, I just could not find the blue one. Where is the blue one? And the, I don't remember. Now, I don't remember either, ah. but I found it, and it was awesome. Yeah, are there like we said? Um, there's a lot in this game. There's no way we can remember all this. What yeah. do you want from us? Uh, the other one that I really like is how early in the game you can take this kind of side, and I don't even remember where this is, but that you go like up the path to a level, and in the corner, like it gives you a preview of bowser's valley like you're on that map but you're not in in the world you remember that yeah the upper left corner there yeah right yeah 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 Yeah, and so you're looking at it and you're like oh my gosh i wonder if i'll ever get there and then (laughs) like it's just like this epic preview of what's coming yes so now you guys remember the sunken ship level yeah it's a sunken airship yeah it's an airship from super mario brothers 3 right yeah. Okay. That's not just a comp- conspiracy theory that I believed when I was a kid. Well, not unless I believe it as well. Uh, then, yeah. <laughs> if you do, then it's not a conspiracy theory. It's okay. It's a theory. We'll call it that. Um, I don't know if officially they stated any of that, but uh, that's what I always thought when I was a kid. And the fact that these games like connected like that, I was like, that's so cool. Um, here's a question. This is from hey at Mega Retro Man. Who asked, do you truly feel any sympathy for needing to make Yoshi a sacrifice just to get to the Soda Lake end level goal? Do you guys feel any sympathy for Yoshi Blue? Yes, of course. I don't, of course. That's why I wanted my Super Mario World 2 theoretical power-up to be a way to keep Yoshi with me. Yeah, there you go. What about you, Brent? Here's how sweet and innocent I was as a little (laughs) baby boy. When I was a kid playing Super Mario World, I never thought of it as Yoshi dying. I always just thought he got captured again and I had to go back and get him out of the egg. Ah. <laughs> that is sweet. And it's... Infinite reincarnation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he just pops back in the yeah, egg. I, I, it nev- I, well, it wasn't until like a decade later that it, I thought, oh, is he dying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, this is from at Meow Ching on Twitter. Favorite special level, special in all caps. We know what that's referring to. The special mm. zone. 
And they are gnarly, tubular, way cool, awesome, groovy, mondo, outrageous, and funky. Um, Gnarly is a vertical level in which Mario and Luigi have to scale ropes or vines and use springboards to reach the top. Uh, Tubular was the the balloon stage. Uh, Definitely not tubular. Way cool was know. the one where you are on. Um, <clears throat> looks like, uh, for you, how do you describe this? <laughs> like where yeah. you're you're on wires and um, and there's like a rope suspended from a wire, but it would scroll with the screen, and you could move up and down the rope, but you couldn't jump off, and there were hazards in the way. Um, awesome, awesome. Was an is the slippery yeah the one. slippery one screw yeah, slippery levels level. I hate those um, with a bunch of turtle shells yeah. everywhere or Koopa shells everywhere groovy is similar to the first level in Super Mario World um, it doesn't say anything else specific about that one Mondo I'm looking at the wiki the wiki here um, it floods yeah or does it yeah it floods. Yeah, the water level goes up and down. Yeah, I think, right? and that one had sumo koopas on it, right? I think. Um, outrageous was the ghost forest, uh, or like the autumnal forest. Uh, I think I liked that one. Uh, and then funky was the one with you are a super player. It, there's a picture here of the sumo koopas on it. So. Um, I didn't really have any particular I'm like, oh, I love this stage because I actually hated the super world or special world. <laughs> yeah, there's some hard stuff there. <laughs> did you guys, did either of you have a favorite stage from there? Mm. Probably the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's over. Yeah. Uh, I like Way Cool just because of the name in Japanese. What's the name in Japanese? Or- the name in Japanese is uh, Mario's Sutafomo Bikori Kosu, but it translates as Mario's staff is just as surprised. <laughs> that's that's way better than way cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's way yeah. better. They should have they should have given it the literal translation instead of the '90s translation. Yeah, definitely. Okay, this is from at Esper Dreams. Uh, should there be a remake or remaster of this game? What was the one thing that irked you when playing? What was your favorite world level? So let's take just one of those. We'll take, um, should there be a remake? Unless you guys have thoughts on these other ones specifically, that's fine. Um, but should there be a remake or remaster? Hasn't there been like a dozen remakes and remasters of this? Essentially, when they ported it to every portable console they ever had. I guess so. I have never really played much portable handheld gaming. Um, so I haven't played them. I don't know. Like 3D World, is that the same thing? Cause, um, no, I mean, that's a different uh, game. Oh. I would have to look at a list, but I know that they've sent Super Mario World to all kinds of consoles already so yeah like new super mario world is i think yeah exactly like how they do that and so each one i think is tweaked just a little bit yeah it looks like it i don't know i've never played a remake i'd be down to if it was not on handheld not a handheld gaming fan um what about what was the one thing that irked you when playing anything i can't recall anything that irked me when playing this game Oh, every once in a while, my brother would try and steal lives from me 
without, <laughs> without my uh, that jerk. Come back here. No, that's true. Yeah. Now I remember because, like, if you would play with your younger siblings, and they, of course, would die, and then you'd be expected to share your lives with them. It's like, these are mine. Yeah. I, I earned this. It's mine by right. Okay. This game yeah. is not socialism. Go ahead, Brant. What about you? Anything that irked you on this? Uh, there is only one thing that irks me in the game, and I was actually going to ask both of your opinions about it. I, after you beat all of the special zone, and it changes the color of the world map. Yeah, it changes everything. It changes yeah, all the yeah. colors. Some sprites. That's cool for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I want the option to switch it back and forth. Okay, I thought for the longest time that if you beat that final stage in special world again, that it would revert back, but that's not true. I have no idea. Why would I play those stages? <laughs> well, you're the, time? you're the one who is like, I hate the color. Palette. So, but I wasn't, I didn't say I hate just, it. I would like to be able no, to option. just press select and switch right, back. Okay. Yeah. You know, or whatever. When, when the Koopas look like little, like kind of, uh, alternate reality Mario's. It's just weird. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't say on the wiki looking at it real quick. Well, that's going to have to be another one for the Mario experts. Can you revert the colors back after beating funky, the final level of the special zone? Don't know. Um, yeah. Cause who the heck would want to play that a second time? Um, and then what if it's only if you play and beat all of them a second time? No, then, then no absolutely not. That. Forget it. I'll just beat the game and be done with it. Or restart sooner than that. <laughs> Maybe you can play through it again and it reverts to a winter color palette. <gasps> like, what if that you can go through the whole year in Dinosaur Land by beating the special that, zone? That would be the only thing that may, would make it oh worth it. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if that was a secret in this game and, like, here we are, like, 20-some years later. <laughs> and nobody figured it out <laughs> yet. Uh, a still unfound secret. That'd be amazing. Do you guys have a favorite world or level? I'll come right out and say that Chocolate Island um, is the reason why I love chocolate. Absolutely. What? No, I have no idea, but I just love the sound. <laughs> love the sound of Chocolate Island. I love that, like Donut Plains, Chocolate Island, Vanilla, whatever it was. Dome. 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 A dome made out of vanilla. Oh my goodness! It's just so like. And it doesn't even resemble it, you know? Like, that would be too on the nose if it was, like, Candyland or something like that. But for some reason, in Dinosaur Land, all these things are named after, you know, different sweets and stuff. So, did you guys have a favorite world or level? Not or really. Like, no, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I, I really like the ghost houses. The ghost houses are very cool. Definitely. They're mm-hmm. very cool. The ghosts had a lot of personality, too, in this one, the sprites. Yeah. yeah. Boo is always a favorite of mine. Definitely. Like, in Super Mario Party, I'm going to play Boo. There, yep. If there's if that's an option. The earlier ones, it's not, so I'll play Yoshi. But when Boo's an option, I'll play Boo. Yep. There you go. And that's, that's a perfect example of the character-driven thing that we were talking about earlier. Here is the mm-hmm. final question that we'll discuss. This is from at Jeffman1490 on Twitter, Super Jeff Tendo. And oh, and it's about a ghost house, so that's that's convenient. Ah, segue. Yeah. Ever do the point trick in the special level above the ghost house by pressing the by pressing select with the feather and fire flower simultaneously. Let me let me let me say read that again. 
Because what? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know what this is, so I responded to it with one of those math gifts, where it's like, uh, okay, ever do the point trick in the special level above the ghost house by pressing select with the feather and fire flower simultaneously? I th- how do you think- do that? Maybe what he's talking about is a level where you could stand immediately under that box in the center top of the screen that would hold a secondary item that you could stand over that and press select with a feather and fire flower and it would cycle through those items infinitely um, and maybe give you points. I don't know. Uh you guys have because I thought if you press select, the one in the box drops. Right, but if you're standing over it, then he would automatically pick it up, maybe, and then it would cycle through to drop the next one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna need to see a video. I need more details. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 ask for more details. I didn't. I was like, I'm assuming. I'm gonna guess because I I remember reading this yesterday. I'm gonna guess what he means by level above the ghost house. That'd be the first secret after the first ghost house, right? In the special area above, right, where you can get Yoshi and the two item boxes. Okay. Or there's four item boxes, and two of them have fire flowers, and two of them have feathers. Uh, right. But beyond that, I don't understand the rest okay. of it. Okay. Let me actually... Let me <laughs> actually <laughs> okay, Super Jeff Tendo, we, we need help. Yeah. Clearly none of us did it, because we don't know what yeah, you're talking about. I've never about. heard of this one before. Well, anyways, sorry, sir or, sir or ma'am, I don't know. I don't really know. Oh, yeah, your name's Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Educated guess. And it's a lo- it's been a long podcast, okay, Jeff? So, sorry, Super Jeff Tendo. Um, yeah, we don't know. We've never heard of that one before. If you could elucidate, that would be that would be very kind of you. But let's wrap this up with some final farewells. Uh, in closing, what are some similar games that you would recommend? <laughs> Brent. Oh, man. Mario 3. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating, but you know what? Steal that from Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Blue, what do you got? Uh, um, I'm going to say Evil Land 2. Do you guys know that game? No. No. No? I'm playing it on the Switch right now. Um, Evil Land Legendary Edition. So there's Evil Land 1, which is actually just a really cool little short game. It takes you from like very, very early like Game Boy graphics. And then as you go through this world, you open treasure chests. And every treasure chest that you open gives you uh, an innovation in gaming. Like so eventually you can, you get an overworld map, you get color, you get 16-bit graphics, you get all this stuff. And it's just really fun and really cute. Uh, But Evil Land 2 kind of does the same thing but it makes it a full-fledged game instead of just kind of a gimmick and so you've got an overworld map that you can navigate you can go into dungeons and then there's side scrollers uh, typical platformer stuff it's you know got the cute little sprites it's got the humor it's it's really fun wow. well that's the deepest response that we're gonna get to this absolutely <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> you still have to pick i know one, i don't it's have question. anything i'm just gonna say super meat boy because we were talking about the buzz, the what? buzz saws earlier, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, yeah, there's buzz, buzz saws and super meat boy, um, brutal platformers. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Super Mario World is great. Um, yeah. So that's gonna have to be my answer. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks very much, Blue, for joining us. Thank you, Brent. 
Uh, you guys have been awesome. Any final things you want to leave the audience with, you can play us out with. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start and end with you, Blue. And then we'll start and end with Brent. Um, stay tuned for the Super Mario World acapella in concert. <laughs> Coming to a venue near you. Yes, yes, Brent. <laughs> um, I was just thinking of another side-scrolling platform game that's super colorful and has power-ups. It's called Guacamelee. I don't oh know if God, you've heard of it or not. Already. <laughs> <laughs> We're running gag with this Guacamelee thing. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, I'm going to say in closing that we're going to have a one bit uh, patron exclusive uh, content thing that is um, going to star uh, the ABXY mage, Brent himself, addressing the question of what kind of Mario game he would make if he could make a Mario game, a new one. So stay tuned for that, Warriors of Light. Thank you very much. Uh, my two guests for joining me today. This has been an episode of Magecast. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. All right. That was a uh, that was a long episode. You say that every time. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Magecast as much as I did. If so, please follow, subscribe, share, and leave us a review to help us reach a wider audience. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us and our vision for the future of gaming conversations through patreon.com forward slash the well-read mage. The mage cast theme song was composed by fellow mage Russell Gordon and can be found on his YouTube and SoundCloud. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com. <laughs>